Amen. Let's get the message started by turning to your neighbor and just tell your neighbor, I need a miracle. Just state it to them. I need a miracle. I need a miracle in my life. Well, you came to the right place, and we're going to hear from the right God about what that's all about. We've been talking about it for weeks now. Uh, if you're new, we're, we've been in a series called Miracles, looking at specific miracles of Jesus. And uh, if you are new, we, I'd love for you to go back, and because we, we look at some one-off miracles that maybe you haven't ever heard preached on before. So check them out on YouTube or, or iTunes, but they're, they were so like, again, I hadn't heard them preached in a long, or ever, some of these miracles. But today, I'm swinging the pendulum, and we're going to look at some of the common miracles that maybe you're familiar with, like, like healings, for example. Many of Jesus' miracles, he healed people, right? And so I start looking at, what did he heal the most? What ailment, what problem? And what really stood out were blind people. Like, Jesus seemed to heal a lot of people that didn't have their sight, and he would restore their sight. So this week, I'm reading through all the, the miracles of Jesus when it comes to people that had lost their sight. And it actually... I get off track, big surprise, and uh, I start thinking about the nursery rhyme, Three Blind Mice. I mean, you heard of, three, you heard of it, right? Yeah, so you're, you're familiar. You probably have uh, told that nursery rhyme to your kids, your grandkids, and I just start thinking about the words that are in that nursery rhyme. Like, do you realize how off that thing is? Like, how, it is, it, like, think about that. Like, little Billy, you want to you wanna settle him down for, for, for a nap or to go to bed, and you want to soothe him and comfort him. Billy, come here. Let me tell you a story. See, Billy, one time, there was these three, like, impaired rodents. Yeah, and, and they, were, they were mentally off, and they would chase this woman around the house, this farmer's wife, and finally, because she was a little unstable, she grabbed a machete, and she lopped off their heads. Have you ever seen just a sight in your life, Billy? I mean, I mean, what are we doing? We wonder why our kids struggle with anxiety. I'm like, what is wrong with us? But anyway, so I get off, like I said, I'm back on track right now. So Jesus healed at least six people that we know of that were blind. Six people that we know of. The last one he did was maybe a week or so before he would go up to a hill called Calvary and do something for you that is just the greatest miracle in history. So he's at the tail end of his ministry, Jesus is. And this is the only one that I know about, of the, of the blind people that he healed, that we know the person's name. And so I'm going to preach to you out of a gospel called Mark. And I'm in the 10th chapter, the 46th verse. And I, this story, I pray it hits you like it did me. If you got your Bible, your mobile app, go there right now. Otherwise, it's going to be on the screen. But this is what the Word of God says. Now they came to Jericho, the city. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, Jesus, of course, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. I even thought about that and kind of paused, and I'm like, Mark, why do you got to call out, like, why can't you just call him Bartimaeus? I mean, what, seriously, why does it got to be blind Bartimaeus? I mean, you're kind of rubbing it in. It's like, are there a ton of Bartimaeuses living? And what? You had to specify Oh, it's not, it's not Bucktooth Bartimaeus. No, 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 blind. Okay, so any, I don't, anyway, that's, again, back on track. So, so Bartimaeus is blind and begging alongside the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned Bartimaeus to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, says it again, have mercy on me. So Jesus stopped. 
He stood still and he commanded him to be called over to him. So then the people who first told Bartimaeus to shut up were now his friend. They're like, oh, get on up. Be of good cheer. Rise up. Jesus is calling you. So Bartimaeus, pretty excited, you would be too, throws aside his garment, rises up, and goes to Jesus. And Jesus, verse 51 says, answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbani, he called him, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus responds, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus down the road. The story, as you can see, ends pretty miraculously. It doesn't start that way. Bartimaeus starts in a bad place, in a bad situation. Like, he is down and out. I've already told you, he's a beggar. He has nothing. He has no money. He has no food. And plus, he's blind. And understand, back in this day, if you were blind, many of the religious elite would, would say that you're cursed by God because of your sin. So, so nobody wanted to hang around Bartimaeus. Nobody wanted to be Bartimaeus. And then the day came when Jesus as it says in the scriptures, comes walking through or walking up and everything changes. But how it changes is crazy. Jesus, I told you this, was at the end of his ministry, right? So this is the tail end of his physical ministry on earth. So you know, you know by this time Bartimaeus has heard about Jesus, right? I mean, he must have because he cried out to him. So maybe some of his friends had been healed by Jesus. Maybe some of Bartimaeus' family had listened to Jesus speak. But Bartimaeus previously always in the wrong place at the wrong time always missing the blessings missing missing the sightings obviously and isn't that the way it is sometimes and maybe that's where you're at today like you see other people and God's doing stuff in their life and they seem to be doing well and they seem to be you know having a array a my co-workers are getting promotions but I'm not right my friends are all getting married in this this summer but I'm still ordering dinner for two and eating both. Yeah, at least you're full. So, um, you, you know, you see God's provision in other people. Where is it for me? That's Bartimaeus. And this is his day. He is down, but because of Jesus walking in his, in his vicinity, being close to him, he's not out. Verse 47, let's put it up again. Don't miss this. When he heard, so he can hear really well, he just can't see. When he heard, it was Jesus of Nazareth. I wonder if he thought to himself, this is it. Like, this is my chance. This is maybe my only chance. Hence crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And of course, he's, he's crying out, and the crowd is saying, shut up. Like, like, Bartimaeus, who do you think you are? I mean, you're a nobody. You're a no one. As scripture says, they warned him to be quiet. But that didn't stop Bartimaeus. Says he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Says it louder. Let's leave this verse up for a second. This is, this is the turning point in the story. And I'm going I'm to make sure that you catch it. He cries out once to Jesus for help. He gets told by the crowd be quiet, shut up, go back in your hole, get back out. He, he, gets, he gets rebuked. At that point, that's where many of us, many people, will stop and retreat. 
right? That when, when there's a barrier, when, when something happens, many people will be like, okay, yeah, you're right. Who am I to be talking to Jesus? Who am I to be asking for this or hoping for that or wanting that? And they'll retreat. But Bartimaeus doesn't just continue, but he gets louder. He gets, he gets louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. How many times do we see, like me personally, I'll, I'll try, like, it's like I went to church once, you know, nothing changed. I prayed with the prayer team one time, but the prayer wasn't answered. I invited that person, but they never came. I tried once. Went to a group, you know, people were weird. Well, people, there's weird people in every group, trust me, but just ask my group, they'll tell you. But, uh, you know, we go there, but the, when the slightest opposition happens, the slightest barrier arises, we retreat. But there's something about somebody who's desperate. There's something about somebody who says, I don't really care what you say or what you think or what you call me or what you tell me. I'm yelling out and I'm yelling out louder. See, desperate people are different. I've been praying for desperation for you all week. Seems like a weird prayer, but there's something about desperate people. We'll put it up on the screen. Desperate people don't let anything or anyone keep them from Jesus or what Jesus has for them. I'll say it again. Desperate people don't let anything or anyone keep them from Jesus or what Jesus has for them. I'm telling you, Bartimaeus, you ain't stopping him from crying out to Jesus. And desperate people, it's the same. When you're in such a horrible, desperate situation, man, when you find Jesus, it's like, I'm not letting go. You can beat me with a stick. I'm not, I'm not letting go. You can call the cops. It don't matter. You can file a restraining order. I don't care. I'm holding on. I'm desperate. And it will look foolish. I bet Bartimaeus looked foolish on the ground in his usual spot with his usual whatever he had. And here's this, here's this Bartimaeus screaming at Jesus. But we always say faith sometimes looks foolish, doesn't it? It, it did for me one day. Some of you know this story, but I'll make it quick. You know, I was sitting in church in South Dakota with my wife out of rehab. I'm out of rehab, and we're sitting there, and I'm, I'm, I'm in a desperate situation. Like, I want to do what is wrong, but I also want to do what is right. It, it just miserable. And I remember, I'll save you the details, but the Holy Spirit was stirring. I mean, big time. And all of a sudden, foolish me stands up in a room much bigger than this. Probably 800 people in the room. Fortunately, we were towards the back. That helps. But I stand up. My wife looks at me. She's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm sure she's like, what in the heck? She's trying to get me to, you know, and I'm like, I just stood there. I kept standing there. And I said out loud twice, and some of you know this, I said, I'll give my life to this. And then I said it again, I'll give my life to this, not having a clue what I, what I was saying or what it meant. Now, in that moment, it look, I guarantee for the people around us, it looked foolish. And it wasn't comfortable. Just ask Jody, she will tell you, very it was very uncomfortable. But isn't that where the miracles happen? Isn't that where, where, where it's, it's everything that you want that you don't have is outside your comfort zone. Miracles happen outside your comfort zone. Uh, encounters with Jesus. You know where they happen? Outside your, yeah, you know. It's where they happen. It's why so few people will go there. Oh, they might cry out once, but as soon as, the, oh man, those people are talking about me, those people are looking at me, oh, there's a barrier. And all of a sudden, that's what makes Bartimaeus so different and so blessed. He goes there again. Why? Because he's desperate. So Bartimaeus goes there. And maybe you're thinking, you might be thinking, but I've been desperate and I've cried out to Jesus more than once. 
I've been to church more than once. I've been coming for a year. I've gone to group, gone back to group, prayed with the prayer team, with that prayer member and that prayer member. I've not given up after the first barrier. There's more to this story than just the tenacity and desperation of Bartimaeus. It might be the approach as well. Let me explain. The first thing that Bartimaeus says to Jesus, do you remember what it was? Like he cries out to Jesus. Now he's a beggar and he's poor. But he didn't say, Jesus, I need money. Jesus, I need food. What did he say? And maybe you're thinking, he said, Jesus, I need to see. I want my sight. But that's not what he said. What he said first, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That is, when you think of this story, that is a weird statement. Now, mercy I mean, we'll put up a definition that this, I believe, encompasses pretty well. Mercy, showing compassion or forgiveness towards someone who deserves punishment. So, Bartimaeus, you're saying that you deserve more punishment. Like, you, you're, you, you don't have anything, and you're blind, but you're asking Jesus to not punish you. Like, what? Does this even make, does this even make sense? Mercy is like, like, Getting a reprieve, right? Getting let off the hook. It's mercy is what the cops don't show your pastor when I get picked up. Can I say it out loud? I mean, what happened to warnings, Jerry? I don't even think they exist. They exist for my wife, not for me. So, uh, but I'll tell you something, again, off track for a second, but just go with me. This week, um, something supernatural happened. Uh, Siri, who I have a love-hate relationship with because she's led me astray more than once. I'm driving down Highway 370 to an appointment, and all of a sudden, unprompted, I didn't even ask anything on, you know, for her to speak up. And she says, unprompted, speed check ahead. And I was like, what? I mean, I, I, how do, no. So I slow down because maybe I was exceeding a little bit. Anyway, that's, that's neither. So I'm, I, I, uh, a mile up there, there's a police officer sitting there. And I, I'm like, Siri, I love you. Welcome back to the family. You know what I'm saying? I just, how does she know these things? But, but so I did get mercy. So anyway, but mercy, like, you think you need more, you think you deserve more punishment? Why is that? When you pull back the layers of the story, he says that first because Bartimaeus gets it more than we think he does. He's approaching Jesus, not from, a, not from a physical point of view, but a spiritual point of view, right? Not, not, from, not from a temporal, worldly point of view, but an eternal point of view. That's what makes it different. See, Bartimaeus, I wrote it down, even though he's not the religious elite, he's not a rabbi, he's not a, a religious teacher or a Pharisee, he understood that his need was bigger than just seeing, he understood that God is holy, and Bartimaeus is not. God is holy, and many times you and I are not. No one really argues that. We all know we mess up. Bartimaeus understood that, and he also understood that his sin, as we call it, cannot go unpunished. That's why he starts with the most important first have mercy on me. See, when we understand that God is the standard, not anything that you see in this world, not anybody or anyone, but God. God is the standard, and we compare ourselves to him. The only response that we can lead with is saying, God, 
have mercy on me, a sinner, a mess up. I, I miss your standard and your mark by so much. This is illustrated multiple times. In Luke, Jesus tells a story of a religious elite, a, a pastor, a, a Pharisee, someone who knows a lot of scriptures and prays a lot of eloquent prayers. He compared him to the, a, a, a tax collector, someone who would probably hang out with a guy like Bartimaeus. And, and the story goes, the, the, the Pharisee, the religious dude, is praying. And he's saying, God, thank you. That I'm not like others. I'm not the adulterer. I'm not the cheater. I'm not the sinner. I'm not like that, like that tax collector. Thank you, Lord. I'm not like him. And then it shifts to the tax collector's prayer. And I'll put that up. It's Luke 18, 13. Is that right? I'll just read it off the screen. Can't find it. But the tax collector stood at a distance. What? Say it's in the approach. It's in the approach. He stands at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, what's he do? He beats his chest in sorrow. And he says, oh God, be merciful on me. I am a sinner. If you keep reading the story, you'll see that Jesus called the tax collector righteous. Not, not the Pharisee. There's something about the approach. There's something about that we come to Jesus in this posture. It's so amazing. There's something about that that Jesus seems to respond to. That man asked for mercy twice. Jesus stops the entire crowd, the entire procession, says he stood, stands still, says, go, can you go get him? I mean, there's something about our, our posture that, that matters even though Bart was blind, he asked, for, he asked him to give him a reprieve. He asked him not to punish him. I mean, aren't you grateful? Like the God that we're praying with right now, the God that speaks through his word, aren't you grateful that, the, that God does not give you and I what we deserve, but instead shows mercy on you and I through his son, Jesus Christ? Yeah, that should get, I mean, that excites me. Thank you, Lord. Second chances, third chances, 1,300 chances that we get from God what's what's also crazy about the story of Bartimaeus is his posture and going to Jesus and asking for mercy right off the bat I thought that was kind of like a one-off right normally people when they're hurting or my, my, my daughter is dying or my son has got a fever or that person has a demon they just hey Jesus can you deliver the demon Jesus can you raise my daughter isn't that how they all work? It's really not. When you study scripture, I mean, I'll give you a couple examples. The 10 lepers, 10 people with a skin disease, disease go to Jesus, and the first thing they say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. It's how they start the conversation. Heck, the first people that ever got healed that were blind, we looked at the last. What about the first? It was two guys. You know how they started the conversation? I'll show it to you. Matthew 9. Jesus has, by the way, just uh, brought a dead girl back to life. That's what's just taken place. And we pick it up in the 27th verse. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him. They weren't whispering. They weren't talking. They were shouting. Why? Because they were desperate. And desperate people will do anything. 
or not let anything or anyone keep them from Jesus. They're shouting, son of David. What do they say? Have mercy on us. You see, it's not the exception. It's the norm. We think all these miracles just happened to them because, you know, they met Jesus face to face. I'm telling you, there is an approach. There is a posture that gets Jesus' attention. That story continues. And, and now look at the persistence kick in. They, they cry out for mercy. They went right into the house where he was staying. I love it. They didn't knock. They didn't care about the ring doorbell capturing them on film. They just go right in. And the Lord seems to honor it. They go right in and Jesus says, do you believe I can make you well? Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they said, we do. And then Jesus touches their eyes and says, because of your faith, it will happen. That always gets me. I've talked about that before. Was it Jesus that healed them? I mean, because Jesus said their faith healed them. Isn't it weird? Of course it was Jesus. Jesus is the son of God, true. Jesus has all the power, true. But Jesus didn't say, be healed, it's I that heals you. It is my power that healed you. Because I am the son of God, it healed you. He didn't say that. Oh, I get he's playing a part in that, obviously. But what he says, what he highlights, it's, it's you, you shouted. You weren't meek about it. You kept coming. You busted right through the door and you wanted it. Your approach, you asked for mercy and you really need to see, but you start with that. Ooh, there's something about that that I want to bless. There's something about that that I want to answer. Oh, when you catch the patterns in the word of God, it's amazing. You, what, what am I saying? You have a huge part to play in the miracles that God wants to do in your life. Isn't that amazing? You have a huge part to play and I have a huge part to play. And, and, and again, that's not just a one-off either. Look at the last scripture in our main teaching today on Bartimaeus. Look what it says, uh, 52nd verse. Then Jesus said to Bartimaeus, go your way. Whose faith made him well? Yeah. Same thing he said to the other guys. Bartimaeus, you made you well. What? Yeah, you did it. You didn't quit when the barrier came up. You didn't quit when they told you to shut up. You come to me and you said you need mercy first. You get it. You did it. I see, I see this healing and this, this, this provision and this, this purpose that I have. It's for everybody. You got it because you kept going. Man, you seem desperate, Bartimaeus. There's something about that I want to bless. You made you well. Yeah, Jesus is power, obvious. But you, it's over and over and over. Our posture matters our approach matters your faith matters your humility matters your tenacity matters but at the end of the day what matters most is that you're not just seeking miracles but you're seeking the miracle worker that's the key and you might say well Bartimaeus was just seeking to see was he or was it more than that we've got as a church, we've got people coming to us all the time in need. And that's great. That's what the church is there to be, a beacon of, of hope and help and light and life and purpose. All those things is the church. And it's awesome. But when I look at how people come to, come to the church asking for that, and I line it up with Bartimaeus, check this out. So 
Maybe a marriage is messed up. Maybe your finances are upside down. Maybe your kid has gone astray. Whatever it is, you put whatever you want in the blank. And then we'll come to the church, which is what we want. And we'll look at the word of God. We're like, okay, let's see what God says. And let's see what we can do. And put a plan together. And scripture's got something for everything. And we put it in place. And after we do all that and talk about that and these next steps, do you know what happens next? Most of the time, nothing. 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 It's just, I don't, and, I don't, and, and I'm not judging. That was, I've done a lot of what I just read there or, or talked about. But there's, there's when, 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 when my faith has to participate, when it's not just, it's not just easy, I have to shout out again. I have to get, get foolish again. I have to do something again. A lot of times, that's where it ends. And their faith can never make them well in whatever capacity because their faith ended way back here and it never got to there now sometimes there's exceptions and i love those because sometimes we'll get in god's word we're like oh my gosh praying over the family or over the marriage and we'll look at god's word and we're like okay whether it's counseling or whether it's whatever it is and we'll put a plan in place and, and it'll happen and you'll see a miracle take place you'll see maybe a marriage resurrected we've seen multiple in our church but then what happens a lot of times is, and this is, this is weird, but I've done it too. So the miracle happens, the help happens, the assistance happens, and then I never see him again. And I'm like, well, don't you want more? Wouldn't you want more of that? Like, the, you experience something supernatural. Don't you want to be around that? But, but call it what it is. And I, again, I've, I've done this. I went seeking what God was going to do for me rather than seeking God. See, Bartimaeus didn't do that. And, and I can show you that. And this is another thing that separates him from so many. The, the, these miracles that we read about in the word of God, we think, oh, they're so dramatic and they're so, they're so out there and they don't happen today. God wants them to happen today. God's power doesn't change. Do you think all of a sudden, oh, no, it's just, God doesn't change. His work doesn't change. He wants to do miracles as much, if not more, than he did previously. God wants to do a miracle in you. So we, and we can see how he wants to do it. He's showing us in his word. So how do we know Bartimaeus wasn't just in it for what he got? We'll put up the last verse for the third time. There's so much in this. You probably have it memorized by now. Jesus says to Bartimaeus, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Remember that? We talked about that. And immediately, he received his sight and followed his purpose and went back to his family and saw his child for the first time or maybe rekindled with his wife again before he went blind. No, that's not what it says. He received his sight, and he ran back to the place where he used to work for 15 years, but they let him go after the accident happened, and he went back there. And he said, I want to work again. I can see again. This is a miracle. If you hire me, I'll provide for my family and my wife and my kids, and I'll point them to Jesus, and they'll have a purpose, and that's all so good. But he didn't do that. He didn't, he didn't do any of those. I'm going to go. He went and celebrated. He could see. He's going he's gonna to find his friends. Maybe they're still blind or, or lame. And he's going to say, there's hope for you because look what happened in me. But what did you do, Bartimaeus? You received your sight and followed Jesus 
on a road. You didn't have to do that, Bartimaeus. Like Jesus gave you permission to do whatever you want, just like he gives us. I mean, listen to what he says. First thing Jesus said, go your way. And you're not saying, Jesus ain't mad. Jesus is like joyous right now. Like no one's happier than Jesus as he bestows blessings and healings and miracles upon his creation. Go your way. Go your way. And, and then you're going to follow Jesus down the road? You, you could, what are you doing? But there's something about somebody who's been transformed by Jesus. There's something about somebody who's been changed by Jesus. I mean, they, 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 they're attracted to what he's doing, right? They're compelled to follow him where he's going. In other words, it's no longer about going their way, but instead their way has now turned into Jesus' way. My way is your way. If you're going, I'm going. I'm in, Jesus. It wasn't just about the eyesight. I want to know where you're going because there's something about you. There's something about what's going on. Do you see how insane this is? Beautifully insane. Oh, God, you show us so much in your word. You want to bless. You want to bestow. You want to do miracles. But he doesn't want to do them just to get the miracle. Oh, he wants you seeking him. Why? Because then he wants to get more from No, because he has more for you. Are you desperate for him? Are you desperate? Bartimaeus was desperate, but I'll say this. Bartimaeus was desperate for Jesus, but I believe Jesus was desperate for Bartimaeus. That's why he came. It's why you can have thousands of people cheering you and calling you these incredible names. Hallelujah, praise God. Our king has come. You are the Messiah. People are, I mean, he is the life of the, he is the central figure in the party. And some loser who can't see and doesn't have anything is screaming at him. And Jesus stops the entire procession. I wonder if they said, bring him to you? Why? And Jesus says, just do it. And they bring Bartimaeus and Jesus I mean, the grace and the mercy and the love. He is, he is on his way to die. And he stops and takes time. And Bartimaeus follows. <laughs> Do you remember what, how the word that Bartimaeus used when he addressed Jesus, when he said, I want my sight. It's kind of a weird, it's a Hebrew word. Rabbani is, is what he used. In scripture that word means my teacher more specifically my master very very pointed about who he thought Jesus was here see sometimes I'll call Jesus master but then I don't follow him like he is you ever been there see Bartimaeus backed it up Rabbi you can go your way I'm going your way something about our posture there's something about our desperation that word rabbi is only used one other time in the gospels let me set it up this is how i see it could have gone down now this part of what i'm going to tell you is is my paraphrase and i'll be i'll be clear about what it is what happened here is jesus went into jerusalem and according to the word of god he was wrongly accused of something. 
He was beaten into inches of his life like a rag doll. And they, they gave him a cross and he had to carry it up this hill to where they would plan to kill him. It's all in the scripture. It's all the word of God. I just wonder, because Bartimaeus isn't a fickle follower. You know that by now. He could have told, he, he, there's no reason he would have followed Jesus anymore. He had a sight, he could do whatever he wants. And he follows him. And I just wonder if Bartimaeus is just watching this and he's like seeing Jesus get arrested. And he's like, dang. And then he's seen him get beaten and whipped. And he's like, my gosh, what did he do? I mean, Bartimaeus, fresh eyes, right? Seeing things from a weird perspective, a new perspective. And then all of a sudden, they see Jesus, he sees Jesus carrying this cross up a hill. I wonder if Bartimaeus was there. See, I tend to think he was. I bet he was in the crowd. I bet he was watching. Because he said, I'll follow you. And I believe he meant it. I just wonder this, as they put the cross on this hill we call Calvary in Jerusalem, and they lay Jesus on the cross, I just want, I, I like the way I picture it, you know, they're, they're pounding his, his hands and his feet into the, into the wood with a nail. And I just wonder if Bartimaeus is watching and he's like, he's seeing blood, red blood, he, the colors are just standing out to him. And I just picture, Monty paraphrase, I just, I picture like Jesus being nailed to the cross, hands and feet, and he, and he kind of looks over. And there's a lot of people, most of them spitting, mocking, laughing, and he sees Bartimaeus. That man he just healed not that long ago, days earlier. And I wonder if he's thinking to himself as he looks at Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, you remember when you asked, you remember when you begged, you remember when you shouted twice for mercy? Here you go. And then they put up the cross. And then he has to witness Jesus hang there for six hours, struggle to breathe, and die. I wonder if Bartimaeus was in the crowd, maybe not right at the cross, because we don't read that in Scripture, but in the back, and he's looking, he's like, what in the world am I looking at? I was planning on getting in my sight and seeing the beauty of the sunset and the sunrise and family and friends and life and love and flowers. And I don't understand what I'm looking at. But at this point, God, I want you to rip my eyes out. This is the last thing I want to look at. I've never seen anything so heinous in my life. And it's in that moment that I would want to like go to Bartimaeus. Because at that, they don't know the end of the story right there. You do, I do. And if you don't, you will. And maybe that's where you find yourself. You're the Bartimaeus looking at your situation and you can't believe it's gotten this way. You can't believe what you're, it's gotten this bad or this gone this long or gone that far. And it seems so dark and hopeless and helpless and like there's, there's no turning back from what I see. That is a dead piece of flesh on wood. And I would want to run to Bartimaeus because I know, I, I have read the book and I, I would want to run to him and I would want to tell you too. I just want to say, what you're looking at Bartimaeus, what you see with these fresh eyes that are so brand new and vibrant, it isn't the end. It's not the end of the story. Don't run, don't give up, don't go your own way. Don't. Stay the course. Don't give up. Keep looking ahead. What you see is today, but there's something that's coming. You see, three days, in three days, Bartimaeus, in three days, church, in three days, 
that dead piece of flesh will bring himself back to life and new life will be restored in you and in you and in you a dead man lives Jesus rose from the dead no one believed it would happen I love reminding you nobody thought there would be nobody nobody Mother Mary wasn't at the tomb. You know, many of the followers were long gone. In fact, the people that showed up at the tomb, it was Mary's. Everybody was named Mary. So Mary Magdalene was one of them. She was another one that was healed by Jesus. She's another one that didn't go her own way. She chose a different way. It was Jesus' way. She was another one who was desperate. Oh, was Mary Magdalene desperate. So Mary Magdalene gets to the tomb on that Sunday. She's so desperate. Listen to what she says. I gotta, I gotta find it. Oh, I don't wanna show it yet. Take it down if it's up, I don't know. She gets to the tomb. You know what she found? Nobody. You know what she didn't do? Jump for joy, praise God, my king lives. She didn't do that. That's the last thing she thought. Whoa, Jesus said he... She was heartbroken. She was so desperate. Like she's wondering, where is he? And, he, and, and she, they're wanting to anoint his body. They know he's dead. Now we can put it up in John. She's crying. And Jesus is there, alive, and she doesn't recognize him. And Jesus says, woman, does he say that? Yeah, dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? <laughs> she thought he was a gardener. I wonder if he had to rebuke her later on about that. Anyway, so she thinks he's a gardener. Listen to what she says. Sir, Jesus can do nothing for her according to her. He is dead. Sir, if you've taken him away, you tell me. You tell me where he is. You tell me where you put him. I'll go. I'll get him. I'll go anywhere. He's dead. I don't care. He can do nothing for you. I don't care. I'm not seeking a miracle. I'm seeking my miracle worker. And I will go to any lake to find his body. I'll anoint it. I'll bless it. I know he's dead, but it's not about me. She thought he was dead. And she'll do what, she, that woman will do whatever it takes to find a corpse. And we'll give up at the slightest resistance I have. He was alive. You know that now. Jesus says, Mary. And she hears her voice. In, in reading John, you know that's a big deal. My sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. There's something about you hearing the name. Mary. And it hits her. She turned to him. She, she cries out, Rabbi, Master. The only other time it's ever used, other than Bartimaeus, is Mary Magdalene. As she cries out and sees her, her king that was dead is alive. Can you imagine that moment for her? It's the, the last thing she expected. Are you desperate for Jesus? Will you go to any lengths to get what he has for you? And do what he, what he calls you to do? 
Or does the world suck you in? Does Monday seem like Monday and Tuesday seem like Tuesday? Sunday morning feels pretty good, but after we leave, it's... That's how I knew it was different for me, by the way. Remember that story of the Bible? Stand up, falls off my lap. I'll give my life to this. I'll give my life to this. What's weird, that was a very emotional time, and sometimes emotions, it feels good, and then you, life's, you know, whatever. You go back to whatever. It was different, and here's how I can tell you. That was a Sunday that happened the next morning. I, I, I was still desperate. There was still, this, there was still something that wouldn't stop. A lot of times it would stop, but it didn't stop this day. And I woke up on that Monday, and I called the church where I did that. And I said, hi, I'm that weird guy that stood up in the back that, you know, you had to escort. No, I'm just kidding. So I said, I, uh, I, I'm supposed to do something. Like, I'm supposed to do something. I don't know what. And they had me come into the church. I met with a pastor, and long story short, I started serving in kids' ministry. And years later, here I am. I had no idea. All I know is this. That desperation that happened on a Sunday morning continued to Monday. And that's when the miracle happened. Because the Sunday was me crying out to him once. That was the once. The crying out to him twice was Monday when I picked up the phone. And that's where the miracle happened. I don't want you to miss the miracle. I'm going to pray for you. By the way, the gospel, the story that you heard is true. Jesus was dead and alive. And the mercy that Bartimaeus so desperately needed, he needed it because he deserved death and hell. Just like you and me. I know that doesn't fill seats in churches, but I'd rather give you truth than maybe make you feel good all the time. I, I hope it should make you feel great, in fact, because I'm like giving you the keys to living eternity in a place that you can't even fathom. It's so beautiful. And Jesus says, you call on my name, ask me to forgive you. I'll forgive your sins and I'll make you new. Your life will still have some issues. You'll still have problems because this world is full of them. But you'll have my Holy Spirit in you to guide you, to love you, to lead you and continually change you. You can have it. Check a box, tell us, come tell me, pray with a prayer team more. I don't care how you do it. But if that's you and you need to do it, I would not leave here until you know that's done. For others, your desperation is going to lead to a phone call. Maybe not literally, but you get it. It might be a role in a church where you're gonna change lives. It might be stepping into a group. It might be a, it might be a dream team. It might be something you need to do in the community. It might be something right in your family, in your jacked up marriage, in your jacked up self, or your finding, whatever it is. The Holy Spirit will guide you. I trust that. My prayer is what it's always been all week for you. God, get them desperate. Get them desperate. It's the only times in my life when I did anything that mattered, or I got crazy enough or stupid enough or foolish enough to take a step that I was too scared to take otherwise because I had no other options. It's like when you're eating pig food in the pen like the prodigal son. That's desperate. It got him desperate enough to go home to the father. I love being your pastor. I love this church. I love preaching the word of God. I, I think it does more in me. Like I, I feel convicted. I'm like, I should have known that. But every, every week God's like, look, what, look at this. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's it. It's just, it's alive and active. Get in it and read it. Let it transform you. Whatever your next step is, take it. We'll help you every step of the way. It's worth it. Don't give up after the first cry out to God. Keep crying out. He's there for you, and he loves you, and he wants to do miracles in and through you. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, I thank you for your word and your truth. Oh, my gosh, Bartimaeus. I, I think if you're a church person or a Bible person, you're like, yep, I heard the story. Blind Bartimaeus, that's what they called him. 
cried out to Jesus, Jesus healed him, got a sight back. <laughs> That's like uh, 12% of the story. Um, God, you blow us away with your word and your truth, with the example that you show and set. I pray today in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you will move in us and draw us to our cry out to Jesus, to our Jesus. Jesus, I don't care what my friends think. I don't care what my neighbors think. I don't care what my, 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 my family thinks. I care what God thinks. I'm going after him. I get one shot. Jesus, the approach matters. The tenacity matters. The desperation. Use our desperation, God, to draw us to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that those that need to surrender and call on your name and ask you to set them free, and forgive their sins will happen today. I pray that new people will pray with the prayer team for the very first time. People, new, people that normally just come and go will stop and meet somebody and have a conversation. Miracles happen in those places. That's where they happen, God. Jesus, you blow us away. That scene, I don't know if Bartimaeus saw it or not. I like to think he did because seeing that with fresh eyes will change you? I don't know. I can't wait to talk to Bartimaeus and find out. But until that day, we're on this side of heaven. So I pray for me and my family and our church. God, continually guide us into your loving arms. Keep doing what only you can do. We'll keep glorifying you and pointing people to your precious son. It's in his name we pray and the church says, amen. Hey, I wanna thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. Like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend or somebody that you know. So many people out there need hope and encouragement and you have the ability to bring that to them. Finally, if you're in the Omaha area, we would love to have you join us. We would love to meet you. God bless you.